We're in this series, what we're doing is we're looking at, if you're visiting, we're looking at the nine character qualities that the Apostle Paul says that we can see grow within us as we live under the influence of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is real friends. And if we're believers, He doesn't just live around us, He lives in us. And He's not just there to give us goosebumps. He's there to help us grow. His primary purpose within you is to help you grow and mature and become more like Jesus. And these nine qualities that are listed in Galatians 5, that we'll talk about in a minute, these qualities are the qualities that make life enjoyable. They're the things that make you say, this is why I became a Christian. They are literally, the fruit of the Spirit, are literally the expressions of the Holy Spirit's reality within you. Think about that. We're going to talk about all these nine things. Well, that's kind of cool. Patience. Faithfulness, whatever. No, these are the expressions of the reality of the Holy Spirit within you. Things like lives filled with love and joy. We have a life filled with love and joy. That's because the Holy Spirit's within you. Or our relationships being ruled by peace and kindness. These are the qualities that bring blessing into our existence. And our hope as a church is that as we spend some time learning about these nine qualities, and then we use some effort to, to interact as couples and as families um, and as, as friends together, we interact in the activities that we've been talking about, that we will strengthen these qualities and we'll see them grow and develop so then our relationships and our families and our church will be even more wonderful than they are now. And I can't imagine Portview being more wonderful than this, but it can be as we develop more in these areas of the fruit of the Spirit. What an incredible hope. So something we've done to help along those lines, we've provided this booklet, and a bunch of you have it. It's available on the Connection Center and the Home Point Center. We've given you these booklets that have ideas and activities that you can do each and every week relating to the specific fruit of the Spirit that we're dealing with in each particular week. But not only are we doing that in here, but right now in kids' church and in preschool, they're going and looking at the exact same topic that we are. So that when you go home this afternoon and you say something about the topic we're going to cover today, patience, your kids have been talking about that in their class. So then you can take this booklet and you can interact with it throughout the week and say, maybe around dinner time or today for lunch, you can talk about it and say, now how can we do better with this? How can we ask God to help us grow in this area in our life this week so that we see these things grow and develop? So let's do something to start off today. We've done this a lot. Let's read, I think we have a slide for Galatians 5. Um, let's read this verse. These are the, the nine qualities, character qualities that the Holy Spirit is inviting us to partner with Him so that these things will develop in, in us. Galatians 5, uh, 22 and 23 says this, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. You know what it means about there is no law? It's talking about, he's contrasting the, law, the, the gifts of the flesh and the fruit of the Spirit, and he's saying, um, the law of Moses, you tried to keep all these things, and it didn't work. And he says, these things, these fruit, these are real, these aren't about rules and regulations. These are about what happens on the inside of you. When Jesus, by his Spirit, lives, and we partner with him, and he allows them to develop, he says, there's no law ruling this stuff. This isn't about rules and regulations. This is about character transformation. So the fruit of the Spirit, it says, is love, joy, peace, number four, patience. So today we come 
to patience. The Holy Spirit wants to help us, every one of us, become more patient. Now, I was going to do something. I was trying to figure out a way I could make you have to be test your patience in church today. I was going to do something like have the sound man squeal the sound system for a long time, or I was going to walk out right before service and have you sit and wait for like four or five minutes. I was thinking of all different ways that I could come up with a way of testing our patience, and I kind of concluded those were not good ideas. So what I did instead is I came up with a, a scenario, a story, that I want us to think about for a moment. So use your imagination a little bit this morning. So you, every one of you, individually, decide to go to Costco on Saturday afternoon. Now everybody knows you don't go to Costco on a Saturday afternoon. I've made the mistake. But more than going to Costco on a Saturday afternoon, you're going to Costco on a Saturday afternoon and you only have one item to buy. One. Costco has not only giant shopping carts, they've got like gigantic truck things with wheels that you can just put couches on and you only have one item. People around you have like three carts of stuff and you have one. But the one item, you know what the one item you have to get on that Saturday afternoon is you're standing in line? It's a cake. Now Costco has good cake. Last week we had some Costco cakes. Costco makes great cakes. You have a cake, but guess why you need to get that cake? Because you are having a birthday party at your house. And the birthday party is only a couple of hours away. And all your friends and family are coming. And you realize this. You're getting the cake. But you still got a bunch of stuff to do at home. You still got to get cleaned. You know what? Suzanne won't let people come over without first cleaning the bathrooms. I'm like, they're good enough for us. You know, but no, you got to clean the bathrooms new. You know? You got to vacuum, you got to do all this stuff, you got to put the dishes away, and, you know, you got you to do all this stuff. You got to make the sloppy joes. No one made them yet. You got to make the, you know, the, 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 the um, lemonade or whatever else. You got a bunch of stuff to get done before everybody shows up and just says, feed me, you know? And so you're standing in line at Costco. So there you are with your one item, your cake, you know, and all these huge lines of people. You're standing at Costco Saturday afternoon. And you're saying this, this is going to take forever. Now, I want you to think about something. Be honest with yourself. How do you feel on the inside when you're standing in line at Costco with your one item on Saturday afternoon and the lines are huge and you have a bunch of stuff you still have to get done? How do you feel, how do you believe you would feel on the inside? Would you feel a sense of growing anxiety. Would you feel, just telling the story, did you feel frustrated? I've asked every Costco checker every time I go through that, why isn't there an express lane at Costco? Right? I always ask them. I'm nice about it, but I'm like, why is there an express lane? Because I tend to go and I got one item. You know, are you feeling frustrated on the inside? Are you beginning to get a little angry? Are you feeling a little angry inside? That stupid guy has 14 truckloads of pretzels. You know, who needs that many pretzels? You're starting to get a little angry on the inside. Do you feel that way? Or this? Are you standing in line and you're feeling relaxed? Sure, there's people coming over to your house. They've been there before. 
You know, they love you. They're not, they're not judging you by your bathroom. Hopefully. Do you feel relaxed? Are you, or do you feel happy? Like, I have a birthday cake. You know, we get to have a birthday. We're having a birthday party today. Then it had nothing to do with it. When I, when I thought about it, it had nothing to do with this. Probably maybe subconsciously it did. But you know what birthday party we get to have today? We're having Callie's one-year birthday party. Now... Some of you say, so you saw me, some of you hold, hold her before church. You go, oh, that's cool, Grandpa. You ever? No, Callie was delivered dead one year ago. The most horrific day of all of our lives, scariest day ever, delivered dead. It was horrible. Two weeks in the NICU, thought she would die, thought she'd be brain damaged, thought she'd have cerebral palsy. None of that stuff. It's a reason to celebrate. So you're standing in line, and you're just as calm and relaxed as possible. You're going, I'm having... My grandbaby's birthday, my daughter's birthday, my, my grandbaby's birthday, and she shouldn't even be here. What would it like be like? Is that what you're feeling? Are you feeling like that? Here's the big question. Which way would you rather feel? Which way would you rather feel? Frustrated? I would say this. Almost everybody around you in line is frustrated and angry. Or would you rather feel relaxed and happy? I would rather feel relaxed and happy instead of frustrated and anxious. I've learned something in life, and I've told you this before. I have a post-it note literally on my desk that says this. It's more fun to be happy than mad. Make the better choice. I Honestly, that post has been there forever. A post-it note on my desk. It fades in the sun, i got to rewrite it. It's more fun... I think mine actually says life is more fun when you're happy than when you're mad. And it should say, Mark, knucklehead, make the better choice. See, how you feel in a situation has a lot to do with this word we're thinking about today, patience. But I think we probably don't understand patience. We need to unpack it today. How I feel in a situation has a lot to do with patience. If I'm feeling impatient... Anxiety's been rising. It's a sign that something's wrong. If I'm feeling patient, I'm acting patient, it's because I'm feeling a certain way. Peace is rising within me. The Apostle Paul is saying in this whole list of groups through the Spirit, in particular in patience today, he's saying that we can walk, if we walk with the Holy Spirit, such practical changes can happen within us that it's so practical that even how we experience life in a line at Costco is supposed to be affected. In particular here, patience or a lack of patience is a big part of how we experience life. God wants us to experience life well. A big part of how we experience life has to do with the development of the fruit of patience Within our, night, within our life, it determines whether we enjoy life or we don't enjoy life. See, as we all know, we talked about it this morning, life has its challenges. Situations often, I'd say this, usually don't work out the way we think they ought to. People often rub us the wrong way, right? It just happens. Well, patience is the ability to endure those people or those situations, often for a long period of time, what 
endure whatever opposition or suffering or annoyance may come our way without wanting to retaliate or seek revenge. Patience literally means this. It literally means long-tempered. It means it takes a long time for my fuse to get lit. Meaning it takes a long time for you to even get irritated in the line at Costco. That's what patience means. That I stand there and I'm not feeling, not that I'm gritting like teeth and enduring it and saying I'm not going to say anything, but no, I don't even feel that way that causes me then to express impatience. The Apostle Paul is saying that this is this character quality that will, it will greatly improve the quality of life that we have and how we experience life. So with that being said, I think it's really important for us to figure out some of the things about patience so that, that this, growing, this thing becomes a growing reality in us and we experience life more fully and more blessed. And I think the first things we need to do to understand about patience is that patience is the result of something. You see, I really believe this, and I think it's done on purpose by God. The source of patience is peace. See, I believe the Apostle Paul listed these things, um, at least here, in an order of, of that had of significance. That peace and patience are linked together in the order that he says that patience comes after peace. Or another way of saying that, I believe that patience flows out of peace. Now, we talked about peace a few weeks ago. We found that peace isn't the absence of conflict. It's not about the absence of problems. But it's rather an internal calm that comes from being in a right relationship with God and then, in, then inviting God into every area of our life so that his presence is there, his calming reality is present in our life. See, when we know that our loving Heavenly Father is involved in every area of our lives, we become secure and calm. That's peace. Well, that state of being is the source of patience. In fact, I think it would be fair to say this, that without internal peace, you will never experience patience. Think of the situation in the line at Costco. What would determine your level of patience in that situation? Your level of being annoyed or not being annoyed? I would contend this. What determines your state of, of patience, of being annoyed or not being annoyed, is your state of peace, your internal calm. And I think I can improve it like this. Think about something. Are you more likely to be impatient or patient in that Costco situation after getting in a fight with your spouse or your kids or a friend. You have a fight in the car, in the parking lot. That ever happened to anybody? I heard a liar. Of course. You have a fight in the parking lot. You walk into Costco. You don't even talk to each other. With your one item on a Saturday afternoon, going to a party. Oh, joy. Are you more likely to be patient or impatient in that situation after getting in a fight with your spouse or your friend or your children? You are much more likely to be impatient after a conflict because your peace, your internal calm has been disrupted. 
inside's been disrupted and how you affect, how you, how you then see the world around you on the outside looks different. So the ability to be patient with others results, results from your internal level of peace. And the good news is the Holy Spirit, we've been learning this whole series so far, wants to cause your peacefulness along with the rest of the things to grow so that your patience can grow. Now, as I mentioned, we talked about peace a few weeks ago, and, and if you didn't listen to that, maybe you should go back on the podcast on our website and listen to that because it would help you understand you know, a lot more about peace. But let me just say this about peace today. Often we can find peace or regain peace in a pretty simple way in our lives. I think this is key. How do we do it? I think it's as simple as stopping and refocusing on the reality of the presence of the Lord in our lives. I think that is, I think that is the whole key to peace. Stopping whatever I'm doing for just a moment even, if I only have a moment, and refocusing on truth, on what is really true, what is really most important in my life, which is the presence of the Lord in that moment. It looks something like this in a very practical way. The other day, well, no, but me, three weeks ago, I was asked to do something that I had not planned on doing. I was in the middle of doing something, I was driving somewhere, and I was asked to do something on a phone call. And I agreed. Um, but what I was asked to do became a much bigger deal or ordeal than I thought it was supposed to be. Would you just do this? Well, just do this turned into bigger and bigger and more and more time and more and more stuff. And, and it took a lot more time and a lot more energy and a, a lot more involvement that I really thought I was signing up for from a simple phone call. And I was feeling irritated inside. One of the best things you can do, and men especially, well, it's women too, but men especially, we're so unaware. One of the things that Trek does, our class we teach, Trek, it helps you become aware of what's going on inside of you, to learn to listen to what's inside of you. And I could recognize I was feeling irritated. It's taken me 54 years to certainly recognize that stuff. Instead of just letting it rule you, you understand, wait, I'm feeling irritated right now. And I was feeling irritated. And that for me was a signal that I was not peaceful on the inside. So I still did what I had to do, which took a lot more time, a lot more running around than I thought. And I had to go in a place. Um, and so before I went on and finished what I was asked to do, I literally stopped. Now for me, I happened to be in an elevator. I was alone in an elevator, only for a few stories, but I recognize I'm feeling frustrated and I'm going to have to interact with people once those doors open. And I'm feeling frustrated. I can tell I'm feeling frustrated inside. And I'm like, what's going on? Yeah, I'm feeling frustrated. This is what I did. I took a deep breath. Do this with me. I took a deep breath and I let it out and I asked the Lord in the quietness of the moment, holding some stuff in my hands, not a cake, to give me peace and to help me this, appreciate the moment. There was something in this moment that I hadn't planned on that God was doing. And I'd agreed to do it and it was all right. And yeah, I got our stuff to do, that's all right. But appreciate the moment and to experience Him 
in this particular moment. That all took a matter of from, from one floor to the next floor. You know, maybe I was in the elevator 40 seconds. And honest God truth, I was able to walk out of the elevator feeling better that quick. And the interactions that I had with the people once I got out of the elevator were very positive. Why? Because I regained my peace. I was therefore able to be patient in the situation which came out in how I dealt with the people. My irritation subsided. I was long-tempered and I didn't respond negatively to the other people involved who had, would have had no idea that there was any reason why I should be irritated in the situation. So patience flows from this sense of internal peace. Because I feel at peace on the inside, I can extend that then through patience towards others on the outside around me. That make sense? Now I think that that that's the next thing that we need then to understand about patience. That's it. That, that The next thing is this. That it comes from the inside, but it's expressed on the outside. If I'm being impatient with you, you will know it. Right? If I'm being impatient with you, you'll know it. I express it toward you. Maybe my voice sounds a little bit angry or snarky. Right? Um, maybe I'm critical. Maybe I'm, I'm, I'm rude or I'm short in the way I express it. Maybe I'm tapping on the counter at the grocery store with the lady checking my stuff out. Impatience is expressed. It's external. It's how we interact with others. I heard someone once say this about these parts of the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, and peace are nice for Sundays, but patience is for Monday. Love, joy, and peace are nice for Sundays, but patience, the outworking of those things, is for Monday. See, patience is all about overflow. That's really what it is. Patience is our overflow. It's about how we act in a real world. Peace is on the inside. Patience, you know if I'm patient with you or impatient with you. You can't cut my chest open, and find peace inside of there. It it doesn't work like that. But patience, you know. You don't have to cut anything open. You see how I interact with you. The Scriptures deal with this idea of patience being an outflow in another part of Scripture. In 1 Corinthians 13, there's this beautiful description of love. You all familiar with it? The love chapter. We often read it at weddings. As a matter of fact, there was a wedding here yesterday. I, I wondered, did they read the love chapter Somebody that was here? Of course they did, right? They read the love chapter. So, do you remember the first thing it says about love? Love is patient. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not jealous. Love, love doesn't boast. Love is patient. An outflow of love, love, joy, peace, an outflow of those, the outflow of love is patience. See, love is willing the best for another person. That's a great definition of love. Love is willing the best for another person. So if I'm willing the best for a person, one of the ways it's expressed is by my choice to be patient in my dealings with them. Let's go back to the situation I mentioned earlier 
where I was asked to do something that became a much bigger ordeal than I originally thought it would be. And I was getting irritated on the inside. I was beginning to lose my peace. So I was likely to act impatiently towards the people I was going to interact with. In that situation, here's the truth. I love the person who asked me to do the task. She's sitting in the front row. <laughs> Couldn't love her any more than anybody on the planet. I want the best for her. Now, I'm supposed to love the best for my neighbor, too, so it doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be my spouse. But I love Suzanne, who asked me to do something. She didn't know it was going to turn into the ordeal it turned into. And I could feel that I was getting frustrated in the situation. And I didn't want that negativity to come out against Suzanne. Or any of her was at her, at her workplace. Any of the people she worked with. So, I made a choice. I chose to get re-centered. To find peace. And I chose to invite the Lord into that moment, in that situation. And I chose to act in kindness. I intentionally put a smile on my face. Um, I chose to not be in a rush. Oh, that's really hard for me. I chose to not be in a rush. Not to make Suzanne or any of the other people pay for asking the favor of me that turned into a much bigger ordeal than it was supposed to just be the simple thing. All of that is love being expressed through Patience. That's what that is. So patience starts on the inside from a place of peace, but it's expressed on the outside when I choose to act in love towards others. When I choose to be long-tempered instead of short-tempered, and when we choose to live in the moment, and friends, if we can get this, it'll change our lives. Choose to live in the moment, knowing that we only experience God in the moment. What happened with God before is the past, you don't know what tomorrow is. You can only experience God in the moment. And so we don't try to, listen, rush into the future. That's what impatience is. Impatience is rushing into the future. Come on, get it done. That's all it is. It's not living in the moment. It's rushing into the future. We choose to be in the moment with God and with people. That's what being patience is all about. Living in the moment, not rushing to what's next. And it's because when we rush to what's next, what happens? We offend everybody else along the way. Hurry up, get your stinking cart out of my way. I got to get to a birthday party and have fun. Right? That's how we choose to live a lot of times. Friends, life is more fun when you're happy than when you're mad. You know certain people, and we all tend towards this, but everything you talk about is just negative, 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 negative. It's it, a lack of internal peace. Get, I got to get the next thing, got to get the next thing, got to get the next thing. Friends, it's all things. Just slow down and smell the roses. You only experience God, and you only experience love with people in the moment. And when you're living in the next moment, that's impatience, and you're going to offend everybody else along the way, and you're going to miss the goodness of God along the way. Well, let's close with one final thought about patience. If you have a Bible, open to Ephesians chapter 4 with me. I want to read what the Apostle Paul writes to people just like you and me. 
Ephesians 4, verses 1 through 6. Ephesians 4. Your Bible should also still almost open that automatically because we did like three years in Ephesians a couple, a couple years ago or a year ago. Chapter 4, verse 1. Therefore I, the prisoner of the Lord, this is the Apostle Paul writing, implore you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you've been called. In other words, you've been called to be a Christian. Act like it. Verse 2. With all humility and gentleness, with what? Patience, showing tolerance to one another in love, being diligent to preserve the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just also you were called in one, uh, one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all and through all and in all. What it says, with patience, showing tolerance for one another in love. For what, what objective? In order to preserve the unity of the Spirit. If you want marriages of unity and homes of unity and workplaces of unity and churches of unity then we must walk in patience toward one another. It's key. It's key. We must choose to walk in patience, which means we must also then figure out with the Lord how to find internal peace. It's key. But I would say this. It is so completely overlooked and undervalued in our society of self-indulgence that's moving at 100 miles an hour. It is. It's undervalued. It's blown right past in a world that says it's only about me and I'm going at 100 miles an hour. But friends, here's the deal. You and I, you and I, we can be different. We don't have to be like the world around us. We have the spirit of the living God living inside of us if we're children of God. And he's saying, you know what, Mark? I want to teach you how to be more patient. Why? Because I want you to enjoy the life I've given you. We can be different. We have the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit to work within us, and He wants to cause all the fruit of the Spirit in today, in particular, patience to grow in each of us. Friends, that's God's plan for you today. You say, oh, it's a nice little talk at church today. Make it more than that. Whether you use this book or not, it's up to you. Is it great? It's okay. Couldn't come up with anything better. But here's what I know. It's not about how great it is. I think it's good. And I think here's the deal. If you will, with your, with your friends or family, whomever your closest circle is, sometime this week say, how's our patience doing in our home? And be honest. Be honest about some feedback. How's, your patience, how's the patience going? Well, remember when you snapped at me, Mark? Okay. No condemnation. Just honesty. Why? Because we want to get better. And we say, okay. So if there's some impatience going on, why are, we, why are we not at peace on the inside? What's going on? You go, well, guess what? Because I'm going through a hard time, I lack peace. Therefore, I have a right to be impatient. 
That's not God's plan for you. When you're going through a hard time, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Why? For thou art with me. You know who peace is? What? You know what? Peace is not a what. Peace is a who. Jesus looked at people and said, I am the prince of peace. You know where peace comes from? Abiding with Jesus. So you say our impatience is pretty real here. I mean, you, guess what? We all are impatient at times. But let it be a flag that says, guess what? I'm impatient. Let's look deeper. It means I'm lacking peace. I need to invite Jesus into the moment. And it can be as simple as stopping for the 40 seconds from the first floor to the second floor. Lord, I'm feeling really impatient right now. I don't want to be. I don't want to walk out of this thing and bark at anybody. I want to walk out of here with a smile on my face. I want to love the people I meet. I've not met them before. I want to love the people I meet. I want them to see you. I want to live in this moment. There's something special about this moment. Help me to find, live with you in this moment. And walk out. Hey, you know what I, was getting, what I had to bring that day? It was supposed to just be a couple cups of coffee. No, it was supposed to be pumpkin spice lattes. They didn't have it at the coffee shop. And all it turned into a big rigmarole, and I was down in Milwaukee for something else, and I walked out and gave everybody their pumpkins when they ended up being their chai teas and their coffees. And they said, oh, your husband is so nice. <laughs> oh, we've not met him before. He's so nice. He just stopped what he was doing. And he lives in Port Washington, and we're in Milwaukee. And what were the odds that he's driving by our business when, when you called him? And look, and he just stopped everything with a smile on his face, gave us all coffee and teas and whatever else they wanted. On and on it went. It could have been totally different. You recognize the frustration, and I walked out and I went, take your stinking coffees, I'm busy. I know that your life, you, you matter more than me. I got nothing better to do, sweetheart. Take your coffees, I gotta get going. How often do we do that? That's so often our default setting. And friends, the gift of impatience is to see it as a flag that goes, Pff. I always tell people this. You know, when I'm doing this, you ever know what I'm doing? Most of you don't. Who's ever been ice fishing in here? That's my ice fishing. It's a tip-up. That's what it is. A fish pulls on the little thing, it turns a little thing, and my flags go up. So to me, when that happens, a flag goes up on my beaver dam tip-ups. It says, something's going on below the surface. What's going on is I lack peace. You lack peace. And everything changes in the interaction, not based on anything with the circumstances. The circumstance did not change one bit. All that changes whether or not you say, I need to find peace. And peace is Jesus. So I didn't look to peace in any other means. Because no other means works. Peace is saying, Jesus, I need, to be, I need to be involved with you in the moment, right now. Because how I'm going to interact with that person matters. And my life is better. Guess what? My life was way better. I can go into their workplace and I'm like, oh, you're Suzanne's nice husband who buys this stuff. Instead of, you're, her, you're, you're Suzanne's husband. You're that jerk who barked at us and said, take your thinking coffee. 
It's a choice. Let's pray together. Father, we want to get better. We want to get better. We want to see these character qualities develop inside of us. Lord, we want to be people who express patience to people around us. We want to be long-tempered. And God, we know for that to happen, it comes from a position of love and peace in our hearts. And Lord, you've shown us in your word that that love and peace is not tied to situations. It's tied to the reality of, your, of our interaction with you in any particular moment. And so, Lord, we ask this. Help us to live in the moment. Teach us what it's like to live in the moment with you right now. Because you are peace. So that we can experience your goodness and your calmness and that will be expressed to people around us. So God, we know this, that a fruit is something that's supposed to grow in us naturally as we remove barriers to growth and we get the right fertilizer. We put some fertilizer and some water on this thing today. Now God, there's probably some, some rocks that have to be pulled out, some weeds that have to be pulled in the soil of our heart. And so, Lord, I ask right now, would you show us those things inside of us, maybe those things we, part, we, we participate in, that actually, instead of giving us peace, rob us of peace. What are we watching? What are we talking about? What are we viewing? What are we giving all of our attention to that's maybe doing the exact opposite of giving us peace? It's, it's just making us um, completely frustrated and angry and feel powerless. Maybe there's some stuff, there's some rocks that they be picked up and moved out of the garden of our heart. Maybe there's some weeds that are growing down deep. There's some bitterness. There's some anger that's growing down deep in my heart. And, and because of that, Lord, when I, when I interact with this person or that person, it's just frustration and anger all the time. Lord, would you, as we grab right now, we grab that weed would you wrap your hand around our hand? That weed of bitterness, of unforgiveness. Would you wrap your hand around our hand? Because we're going to pull this thing out and it's got long roots. And can we pull it out together right now? Pulling that unforgiveness out. That bitterness out. That thing that's keeping the soil of our heart. Keeping us from developing peace that leads to patience. So God, we hand over those things to you that, that we say, well, I can't forgive that. I can never forgive that. Lord, yeah, we can't. But when you wrap your hand around our hand, you are forgiveness. And it's done. So Lord, this is real world stuff and we need your help. And so Lord, cause these things to grow. This week, Lord, give us opportunities with our families to be honest with each other not to cause more arguments by talking but to set some ground rules that Lord has say we want to talk about some stuff and we don't want it we want to do it in love and without accusation without meanness without attack so that we can get better we can expose some of those weeds and them rocks 
that then together as a family and as a couple we can pick up, pull out, and set to the side. So Lord, we know it's all a work of you. All spiritual formation is a work of the Spirit. So we know it's all about you. And so Lord, we put ourselves in your hand today and we trust your care in helping us grow and mature. Thank you.